good morning, church. We're going to sing a few songs together. If you want to stand and join with us, that would be fantastic. We're gonna sing raise a hallelujah. Well, I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Well, I'll raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I'll raise a
good morning. That isn't sad. I don't know what else does. We're so glad you're here joining us in New Life, and uh, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Most importantly, I'm glad God is here with us this morning. For great is his faithfulness to his people, right? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, despite whatever we bring in here with us this morning, whatever is heavy on our hearts, God, we can raise a hallelujah to you, God, because you are in control of all things. You have this whole world in your hands. And we are here to worship you, to set our hearts and our minds on you in this moment. And God, our prayer is that we are open to what you have for us. May we hear that loud and that quiet voice. Or just know in the silence, God, you are there with us in that suffering. You are the way maker, the one who sees us through. So let's continue to worship him this morning.
trumpet sound Oh, may I then in him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone Faultless stand before the throne I could sing of your love forever I could sing of your love
shape you find us in, God, you're going to love us just as we are. You're going to accept us into your heart, into your family, into your love, God. And so may that love change us. 
And may your promises stand true, God, that you will not leave us like that. But as we lean into your love, as we lean into your grace and as we lean into your mercy, God, as we allow those things to, to fill us by your spirit, they change us to be more like you, Jesus. And all of this is for you and your glory and your kingdom. And in Christ Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, New Life family, happy weekend to you. It's so great to be back with you here online for our online weekend experience. And we just want to say wherever you are watching from, whether it's the Central Valley of California, Patterson Campus, Peeps, or somewhere else across the nation, we just want to say happy weekend to you. Thank you uh, for tuning in. There's literally tens of thousands of services online right now on YouTube, but you chose New Life, so we just want to say thank you for that. Hey, go ahead and take out your phones. We're going to check in uh, wherever you're watching from. Maybe you're listening in your car. Maybe you're watching in your living room. You're watching while you're cooking, whatever. Just go ahead and check in and uh, just let everybody know that you are watching New Life Patterson this weekend. And uh, hey, didn't Pastor John do a great job last uh, a week with, with the message? Um, thank you, Pastor John, for filling in for Pastor Dave and I. And then Pastor Tito actually spoke at the Patterson campus in the North Building here uh, on Turlock campus. So thank you so much, Tito and Pastor John, for filling in uh, last week. That was a, a very nice, appreciated break uh, for Pastor Dave and I. Hey, just wanted to give you a quick update for our Easter service. Man, we had a phenomenal turnout in the parking lot of our new building, we took out 200 chairs and set them up in the parking lot and ended up having to bring out the other 50 because we had more people coming in. And so thank you, all of those who uh, came out to our, our Easter service there in the parking lot of our new facility. We, have, uh, we had to take a, a small pause with the construction process because of permits and stuff, but we are back in action, and I cannot wait uh, to have our very first service there. Hopefully in the next six to eight weeks, uh, end of May, maybe the 1st of June, we're going to be inside our new building, uh, Patterson Campus. We're going to be celebrating together. So make sure you, you stay up to date with our social media pages and all the announcements, newlifecc.com. We'll be keeping you up to date with that. Hey, if you have any prayer needs, make sure that you text the word prayers, uh, uh, about a year ago, we adopted a texting number, and so you can text the word prayers to 30500 about any needs that you might have. Also, if you want to uh, keep up to date with what's going on around here at New Life, you can do that as well by texting the word UPDATE, U-P-D-A-T-E, to that same number. And if ever during any of our messages you decide to turn your life over to Christ, which is our hope and prayer for everyone watching, uh, then we would love to know about that. So you could text the word decision, D-E-C-I-S-I-O-N, to 30500, and we will send you a link with some resources because we never want you to do this journey by yourself. We are designed to do this together and as a community. So you can text the word decision to 30500 as well. And then lastly, we just want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness and your giving. Uh, we could not do what we do each and every week without you and your generosity. Don't forget to be faithful in your giving. It's what God is uh, inviting us into. And as we're going to learn over the next three weeks, it's something that um, he's promised a return to us if we do that. Because this weekend, we are kicking off a brand new three-week series called Unstrapped. 
unstrapped. We're going to be getting into that in just a second. But also, just wanted to remind you that we have a child dedication, baby dedication, uh, coming up in just about two weeks uh, from this weekend. So we're going to be doing that on on the weekend of May the 2nd. So if you have little kids, that, uh, little babies, little kids that you've never dedicated to the Lord, you want to do that, uh, we're going to have online signups become, uh, coming really soon. So be paying attention to that. We'll, put it, we'll blast it on social media and on our website that that's the weekend that we're going to be doing child dedications, baby dedications. And so you can dedicate your babies on that weekend, okay? Uh, both campuses, Turlock and Patterson. All right, okay. Enough talking. Jeremy, shut up. Hey, uh, um, Jackson, what'd you eat back there? Panda? Panda Express? What'd you have? Orange chicken? Orange chicken. Man, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Hey, somebody out there listening, hey, send me some Panda Express, all right? You can see, gained a little bit back, but hey, it's all good. All right, summer's coming. I'm going to get in my bathing suit body pretty soon. All right. Hey, so we're starting this, uh, the, this new series called Unstrapped, and we're going to be talking about the biblical teaching, the biblical wisdom, God's wisdom in regards to our resources. Uh, the key verse that we're going to be using over the next three weeks is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. All right, I love the Passion Translation of this verse. It says this, So above all, constantly seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Now this is a cause and effect. If you do this, then this can happen in your life. Seek the kingdom of God first and live a holy and righteous life then all of these other things will be added to your life abundantly. Don't seek the other things first and then seek God's kingdom. No, seek God's kingdom first. So why unstrapped? Why the word unstrapped? Most of us at one time or another have probably said, I've got so many bills, I just feel financially strapped. I wish I could go do these things with my children, but I feel financially strapped. I wish I could have more date nights with my spouse and go on vacations with my spouse, but we're just financially strapped. I need a new car uh, because mine's falling apart. Our, we need to do renovations to our home, but we can't do any of these things because we are financially strapped. Here are some funny things, some funny tweets about adulthood and finances. See if any of these resonate uh, resonate with you. When it comes to finances, adulthood is realizing other adults don't know what's going on either. That's true. None of us do. Uh, when it comes to finances, adulthood is just paying off debt to make room for more debt so that we can pay off that debt. That's about true when it comes to adulthood and finances. What about this one? When it comes to finances, adulthood is being really excited to finally buy your own stuff but also being stressed about the cost of all your own stuff, right? That's part of adulthood. What about this one? This one right here is the, uh, the one that resonates with, in my marriage, the most, all right, with Janet and I. Adulthood, when it comes to finances, adulthood is just an endless cycle of thinking that you finally saved up some savings and then it instantly being gone to an unexpected bill. 
I can't tell you in 28 years how long, how many times Janet and I have paid off debt and then we start accumulating a little bit of, of a savings and then something happens major. Air conditioning going out. We had to do that one time. Car going out. And I know Dave Ramsey says, oh, you should have $1,000 in an emergency fund. And that's great advice. But every single time, mine, our, our, our crisis was always like $1,001. All right. We never had enough. It was always more than what we saved up. I think all of us would agree that our resources and our finances is one of those areas where at least a, a large portion of the time we feel stressed and we feel anxious. In fact, the topic of finances is the third leading cause for divorce in the United States. And in some statistics, it's number one and number two. Do we actually believe God would choose not to address a major area like finances in our lives? I mean, financial issues are not just a 21st century idea or issue. It's actually been a root issue for humanity since the beginning of time. Most of the time, we're, we're strapped before we realize that we're strapped. Here, here are a few questions to wrestle through once, if you feel like that, that, that might be, you might be financially strapped. The first one, if you spend more than you make in a year, you're strapped. If you don't know whether or not you spend more than you make in a year, you're definitely strapped. If you don't care <laughs> that you might be spending more than you make in a year, you're definitely strapped. If you feel like you're not saving enough, if you don't know the ballpark number of how much debt you have, if you, if you don't know where your money is going every month, you're probably strapped. And here's the thing. Everyone else seems to be strapped too. Misery loves company, so we just think we just uh, agree that this is the way that life is going to be, that that's how we're going to live our lives. And then we wonder, where does it all go? Where do all my finances go? Where do all my resources go? Well, do me a favor, pull up your, your, the, the, the mobile banking app that you, that you, that you bank with, the bank that you, ba- the, that, you, um, that you bank with, and look at your last 25 entries. That'll show you what's important in your life. The last 25 entries. How do we get to this place of being strapped financially? Because we never planned on being, well, on living one, uh, paycheck to paycheck. We never planned on being just one payday away from financial ruin, yet here you are. And it doesn't matter your salary. You know that. You can, make a, you can be financially strapped with a large salary. You can be financially strapped with a smaller salary. But what if beginning this weekend you can become unstrapped? Would you do it? Would you begin to see things differently if you knew that you could do that? Because our society has adapted to this anxiety and this fear with living in a financial prison. But we don't have to. That is not God's plan for us. So what we're going to do for the next three weeks, we're going to see what God has to say about money, our possessions, and our heart. And how all three of those are connected. I believe what we're going to discover is that God wants us to experience his wisdom and his freedom in our resources. Not being strapped down by them, but to experience freedom in them. Now, I realize if you're watching, if you're listening, some of us don't like the idea of mixing finances with spiritual things. I get that. But until we see and understand the concept 
that our finances are indeed a spiritual issue, it's going to be hard to grow in our generosity. It's definitely going to be hard to grow in our surrender. Surrendering our resources can be a very scary thing. But when we begin to truly understand what Jesus has to say about this, we can go from fear to living in faith. And that's kind of the key to all of this. When I begin to see what God sees, then I'll begin to do what he wants me to do. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. This whole fear uh, or faith thing regarding our resources. Okay, And that really is the question I want us to wrestle with. Are we going to be strapped by fear or are we going to be free and live in faith? Strapped by fear or free in faith. Think about this. Think about this. These days. These days, when you think about your resources, when you, specifically your money, what are you afraid of? Think about that. What are, what's a fear that you have in regards to your finances? Not having enough money? Uh, uh, the value of the dollar falling or just running out of what you have saved up? What's one of the, what's one of the biggest fears that you have right now? It could be a number, uh, a number of things. Here's what Jesus says in this story that we're going to look at today. He says that thing that you're afraid of is the wrong thing. You're afraid of the wrong thing. If you're going to be concerned about something, be concerned about this one thing. And we're going to read what Jesus is talking about. It's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 25. If you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Matthew, chapter 25. If it's on your device, uh, we just also want to encourage you to pull up the notes that we're going to be talking about today. We have lots of notes that we're going to be giving. Also, the scriptures are in there as well. Just go to the New Life app. Go click on the word connect at the bottom right-hand corner. And then you'll see where it says weekend resources. And then click on sermon notes and you'll see today's date. Okay. Uh, We're going to be reading uh, out of Matthew chapter 25, starting with verse 14 and going down to verse 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven, this is Jesus talking, can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to what? Their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Verse 19. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his money. The servant with whom he had had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, 
I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit any my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest from it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, listen, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This last guy was saying, I was so afraid, so I held on to the money. And here's the point. There's nothing worse than losing what you have except this one thing. There's actually something far worse than losing what you can physically hold. It's hard to watch the bank repossess your car. It's hard getting the eviction notice to move. It's hard losing relationships, and it's hard losing jobs and 401Ks, but there is something far worse than losing all of those things. Let's walk through the story together, okay? So the businessman calls together all all of his servants, and he gives them his money. Now, the implication here is resources, okay? But uh, it could be money, it could be possessions. The King James Bible says it could be talents or abilities. And, but these are substantial amounts of money that the master gives his servants. When he comes back, the first two have doubled what they were given, and then they were given all sorts of praise and accolades and, 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 and a bunch of good attaboys. But the real story is the last guy. The last guy who, when the master returns, says, I was afraid. Now let me stop there. This is a very important part of this story. The fear. He buries it. He didn't invest it. He didn't use it. All because of his fear of losing it. The point that Jesus makes is that there is something far worse than losing what you've been giving. Some of you are thinking, but Jeremy, what if I actually do lose all those things? What if I lose my car, my house, my job, my relationships? What Let me just say this. There's something far worse than that. So write this down for number one. Here's your first fill-in for the series. I'm unstrapped when I recognize that it all belongs to God. I'm unstrapped. We're talking about ways to get unstrapped here. I'm unstrapped when I recognize it all belongs to God. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and gave them money to invest for him while he was gone. Underline or highlight or take a note or whatever, these words, his servants, and gave them his money to invest for who? For him. Whose money is it? It's not the servants, it's the masters. Okay, we learn as a kid to say mine a lot, right? That's mine, mine, mine. It's kind of like the, like, like the seagulls on Finding Nemo. Everything's mine, 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 mine. Kids do that. That's mine. That's my mommy, my toy, my cookie. And we have a hard time letting go of this as adults. That's my car. That's my house. That's my pension. That's my 401k. That's my job. That's, and if you're married, you know, it's even worse. That's my side of the bed. All right? That's my alone time. That's my last piece of the pie. All right? Now you're fighting over things that, that are yours. Unless you're talking about the kids. And then it's, do you, do you know what your son did? 
Do you know what your daughter did? Oh, wait a minute. Everything's yours until they do something wrong. Now they belong to my. Okay. And this, this is an infectious disease to our souls. To always go around thinking everything is mine. That everything, that, that everything actually might belong to me. But for all of us who come to this place where we realize that God loves us so much that he sent his only son to die in our place for our sins so that we can be forgiven and we can know life and we could could know love, we learn the greatest word in the world is his. It's not mine. It's his. All I have is a gift from God. That's another. That's a subpoint for number one. All I have is a gift from God. First Corinthians four says this. What makes you better than anyone else? This is the Apostle Paul talking. What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if you have, and if all you have is from God, why boast as though you have accomplished something on your very own? Look, it's not my car. It's His. It's not my job. It's His. It's not my house. It's not my family. Everything that I have belongs to God and came from God. I don't possess anything that God has not given me. Some of us go through life and we, we think that everything is mine, this is mine, this is mine, and this is mine. And someday you and I are going to stand before God with everything that you thought was yours, that everything I thought was mine, and I'm going to realize, wow, none of this was mine. It all belonged to God this entire time. Here's another subpoint: I belong to God. All I have belongs to God and I belong to God. First Peter chapter 1. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. God chose him for this purpose long before the world began. But now in these final days he has sent to the earth for all to see and he did this for you. God paid a price for you. He rescued you out of slavery, out of the slavery of your own sin. He didn't pay for you with gold or silver. He paid with you with the most precious commodity, the most precious thing in all the universe, and that's the, that, that's the blood of his only son. You do not belong to yourself. You belong to God. So write this down for number two. I'm unstrapped when I manage God's resources well, since we now just declared that everything that I have belongs to God and even I belong to God, I'm unstrapped when I manage God's resources well. Everything that he's given me, I just admitted everything that I have comes from God. Now how do I manage that well? The job that I have, the income, the salary, all that that I have, that came from God. So how do I manage that well? What is our primary identity in life? Okay, as hard as this is for some of us to grasp, our primary identity is servant. It's to serve God. Every single one of us, every single person that's listening to this or watching this right now, you are either going to serve something or someone. Jesus says in Matthew that you cannot serve two masters. You're either going to love one and hate, you're, you're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. You will either save money uh, or, or serve money in this world or you will serve God, but you will not serve them both. You can only serve one. The Bible says that people who love money will never have enough. People who love money will not live with a sense of peace. Look what it says in the book of Proverbs chapter 15. 
It is better to have a little with fear for the Lord than to have great treasure with turmoil. That's what happens. Now, here's the reality. Every one of us have been given a business. You've been given a business. When you begin to follow Jesus, you are given a business. That's right. That business is to manage God's resources for him. In the story, we are the servants and God is the master. And he's given us a certain amount of something in our resources to manage for him. So what's the return going to be? The story we read is about managing resources his way. You see, God expects us to take what we've been given and to do something with it. Okay, now some of us are going to make an economic return with that. Okay, we're going to take our gifts, our abilities, our, our, our skill set, our opportunities that he's given us, and we're going to provide a living for our family, for our spouse, and for our children, maybe for ourselves if you're, um, if you're single. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Okay, that's a everything I have comes from God kind of thing. But he also expects us to be in the business of managing his resources in a manner that brings a spiritual return as well. Okay, and the most important thing you see in this story is that this third guy never does that. He never invested for a spiritual return. He thought that the most important thing was, not, was actually not losing it. But the greatest loss, listen, the greatest loss is to be given all that you've been given and then not invest it for a spiritual return in God's kingdom or God's service. I don't want to come to the end of my life and look at everything that God has blessed my wife and I with. Our skills, our talents, our abilities, our children, our health, all these things, our jobs, all of these things. I don't want to look at anything that I know that came from God into my life and say I never used it to the fullest extent that I could for God's kingdom. That would be a big regret for me personally. Nearly 100 years ago here in the United States, there was a period of time called the, uh, the Dust Bowl. Maybe you've read about it in history books, about these dust storms that practically blew through the United States and ruined the environment and agriculture all throughout the Midwest uh, specifically. Year after year, they would watch their seed just get blown away, these farmers would. No harvest, nothing, year after year. For many of them, it got to where the only place uh, the, the only place that they would actually uh, uh, keep their investment was their barns. They, sat, they had all this seed year after year that would just sit in their barns. And many of them were, listen to this, they were too afraid to plant. They were too afraid to plant the seed. Because they were afraid it would just get swept away again. Just like it did last year. Listen, the worst thing a farmer could do was to leave his seed in the barn. I want you to think about that. Because even if he, har even if he planted it, by chance the storms didn't come, he would have reaped a harvest. But instead, year after year, some of these farmers just let that seed sit in the barn and decay. There is never a harvest when the seed is not planted. And it's easy for us to live in the fear of loss, 
or the fear of the future. But God has given us a business to run, a business to manage, a business to operate, and it's to invest and manage his resources for the kingdom. Matthew 25, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, take the money from his servant, from this servant, and give it to the one with the 10 bags of gold. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that gnashing of teeth, when you think about it, that's that, that's that regret. That's that painful time in your life where you just kind of grit your teeth together and gnash your teeth together and you're just living with that torment, that regret. If only, if only I'd have done this. If only I'd acted and not given in to fear. He lost more than he ever thought he would ever lose because of his fear. Listen, I know most of us watching or listening right now, I I know some of you. I know most of you. I know almost all of you that watch. And I know that you want to make a difference. I know you want to make a difference in your family. I know you want to make a difference in your community and in your state. You just want to make a difference. You love doing things. You love going on missions trips. I know that you want to make a difference. I know you want to live a generous life. I know that you want to manage God's resources well. You've told me, Jeremy, I want to give, but you're afraid. And you think holding on tighter to your resources is the answer instead of surrendering it to Jesus. Fear has a way of clouding and thinking our minds. It moves us to to, to keep the seed in the barn and to not take it out and plant it. To never plant it for a harvest for God. Here's something you need to know this weekend. Faith isn't the absence of fear. Faith is facing your fear head on. Because we never get to a place where there isn't uncertainty. We never get to a place where there's a a, a guarantee and and, and that we know what the future is going to hold. That place doesn't exist. God wants us to live in the place where we say, I don't know what's going to happen, but I believe that God is faithful. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that God is good. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm I'm going to trust him. And there's something worse in life than losing possessions. There's something worse in life than losing what I have. And it could, it, it it would be worse for us to be given all that we've been given. And to never invest it and trust it in what God is doing. I never want to, like I said, I never want to get to the end of my life and say, I wonder if. I wonder what would happen if I would have blank. I don't want that. Listen, here's what Jesus says. Because he wants us to take a risk. Matthew 25, the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So here's your uh, third and final fill-in for the weekend. I'm strapped when I follow God's plan for my resources. I'm I'm unstrapped, unstrapped when I follow God's plan for my resources, okay? One of the things we get to do is honor him. We get to honor him with it. It's his anyway. He gives it to us and he wants us to honor him with what we have been given. Look what it says in Malachi chapter 3, one of the most popular verses when it comes to surrendering our resources over to God through through Malachi in chapter 3. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. 
If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Let me prove it to you. This is, in the, this is the scripture we've said before that there's only one area in the entire Bible where God says, test me. Test me and see that I'm not God. Test me and see that I won't come through for you. He says, try it. Let me prove it to you. He says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Now, what is the tithe? What does that mean? It simply means 10% off the top. And he says, come and bring that to my house. We're going to look at what this means more in the next couple of weeks. But there are two, type, two kinds of givers. Two kinds of givers right now in culture. One kind of giver does whatever they need to do in their life, live their life however they can figure it out, and then they give what's left over. Okay, that's, that's the first kind of giver. To say, look, I've got every, here's my life on a piece of paper. I'm going to financially support all of these things first. If there's anything left, I'm going to give that to God. That's one kind of giver. Honestly, most of these people hardly ever get to the giving part. Because the math is a little backwards. If you do all of the, if you do life first and then try to surrender to God what's left over, there's usually nothing left. But if you reverse that, I don't understand God's math. All I know is that I'm a personal experience. Uh, I, can, I can tell you from personal experience, it's worked hundreds and hundreds of times in my life and in our marriage that when we give first, and then life next, we always have enough for life. But if we've ever in our marriage done it backwards, let's do all these, let's do life first and then give to God what's left over, there's nothing left. I don't know how it works, but it proves the promise of God to try it and see that he won't come through. Then there's a second kind of giver. It's the giver that says this, God has blessed me and given to me, so I'm going to give out of the first part, right off the top. It's the first thing I do. And then I'm going to manage well what God has given me. So Janet and I, just like you know, almost all of you watching, uh, um, we get paid, it just goes automatically into our checking account, automatic deposit. That happens in the middle of the night sometime. We don't even, you know, we know the dates, but we don't know what time. But I'll wake up in the morning. I know the date. I'll look, open up my mobile app, see that. Boom. Give to God. I want that to be first. I want him to know that I'm surrendering to him the first part of what he's blessed me with. And I know it's scary. I know it's scary. I know it's hard. And for some of us, this seems impossible because we've lived in such a way and taken on huge amounts of debt that we absolutely have no margin and have no idea where to start. So we're going we're to be looking at that over the next couple of weeks. So what does that look like to start? How can I reorganize and reprioritize my life to where I can surrender to God without fear that something else is going to happen? Here's some things we can begin to do today. Like I said, we'll get, into, we'll get into this more next week and the week after that. Here's some things we can begin to do today. Number one, invest in the kingdom. Matthew 25, 16, the servant who received the five bags of gold began immediately to invest the money and soon doubled it. Here's another thing we can do. We can minimize our debt to the best of our ability. 
Proverbs 22, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. Another thing we can start doing today is saving. Proverbs 21 says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. So let me leave you with a couple of things here as we close. Would you be praying this week, specifically this week, we just started this, this series. Would you begin praying this week about a bottom, the bottom line of your faith? You thought I was going to say the bottom line of your, your checkbook, or the bottom line, no, no, no. The bottom line of your faith. Begin to pray about the bottom line of your surrender, about the bottom line of your trust. Do you trust God? Because you've given him your life. You've given him your eternity. We've given him our marriage. You know, we, we say those in, in, in different, different types of prayers. You know, Lord, God, I surrender to you my marriage. I surrender my kids to you. I surrender my health to you. I surrender my this to you. I surrender my, we've got all these things that we have no problem surrendering to God. But when it comes to our resources and our finances, we seem to put our hands down quickly. And here's the why. We're not physically surrendering our marriage. We're not physically surrendering our health or our kids or our jobs. That's not a physical surrender. But our finances, that's a physical surrender. We can see that number decrease in our account when we give to God. Sometimes we feel it. It's like this emotional feeling that we have, psychological feeling. Sometimes it hurts. And God is saying, that's why. That's why I ask for this. I want you to surrender your marriage and your children, your health, your jobs, all that. You can surrender that to me. But I also want this because it hurts. Because it grows your faith. Because it's a true act of surrender. It's a physical hands up surrender and trust. God is asking us this weekend, do we really, really trust him in that area? Because when it comes to the physical surrender, that's what God is asking for, our trust. You've been strapped by fear and anxiety. The economy doesn't help out any, you know, we read the news and a thousand other things. There's incredible freedom, incredible peace that comes when your faith and your trust works all the way out to the day-to-day -day living. So this week, like I said, this week, it's time to get unstrapped. It's time to begin the journey to become unstrapped. There's freedom in it. And we're going to learn how to get free in the next couple of weeks. Will you bow your heads with me wherever you are? Heavenly Father, this is... Uh, Sometimes a difficult message to jump into when we talk about resources and, and how it's connected to, a, to us spiritually, Lord, but it indeed is a spiritual issue. Father, I pray that everyone that's listening, everyone that's watching this weekend, Lord, that they have uh, considered, considered trusting you and surrendering their resources over to you. Help us, Father, this week realize that everything that we have comes from you, that nothing we have is because of us. 
It's because of you working through us. And Father, we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I think one of the first things we can do is thank you for our resources. Thank you for our health and our jobs and, and uh, financial security, whatever, whatever people can be thankful for, Lord. I think you're looking for us to be a grateful people, Lord. And then on the inside of that to say, here's how much I, I appreciate you. Here's how I'm thanking you, Lord. I'm surrendering over just a portion or a percentage of what you've given me. Father, that's, that's true giving. And Lord, I pray that you'll just continue to mold me into that. Father, challenge me and increase me, Lord, uh, uh, so that, God, I can be that leader to others. Father, I pray that anyone listening, Lord, who is, uh, uh, who is scared to take that journey, who's scared to, uh, uh, to begin that spiritual discipline of surrendering their, their, their resources over to you, Lord, I, I just pray against that fear right now in the name of Jesus. We can trust you. We can really trust you with what you've given us to manage. We are the servants. You are the master. We love you. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in, for watching this weekend. Hey, don't forget, if you have any prayer needs, please, please make sure that you text that word prayers to 30500. Hey, the Connect 3 groups are going really well. Just want to encourage you to stay connected with that. And also... If you plan on dedicating your children at Patterson campus, all right, you need to be uh, looking on social media. We're going to have a link on our social media for you to click on and fill out the, and, and get registered so that we have your kid or your baby ready to go. And uh, we'll, be re- we'll be dedicating them on Sunday, uh, May the 2nd. Okay, Sunday, May the 2nd. And then right after that is Mother's Day. All right. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Have a great week.